0: This is Sunday night worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal News Church with our senior pastor, Reverend Jerry Barbie, this February the 7th, 2021. Tonight's message is the Risk Taking Church. We'll start off tonight with our praise team in song singing, Blessed Be the Name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
1: Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord, Most High. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the
0: name.
1: The name of the Lord. Blessed be 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 the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord tower The righteous run into it And they are saved The name of the Lord is A strong tower The righteous run into it And they are saved Blessed be the name of the Lord be the
0: Heaven's Jubilee. Go to an old song. Some glad morning
1: we shall see Jesus in the air coming after you and me joyous lives to share what rejoicing there will be when the saints shall rise headed for that jubilee yonder in the sky Oh what singing on that happy morning when we all shall bathe oh what glory! Hallelujah! When we meet our blessed Savior in the sky, seems that now I almost see all the fainted dead. more that you believe—that is just ahead. In the twinkling of an eye, change with them to be. All the living saints to fly to that jubilee Oh, what singing, oh, what shouting On that happy morning when we all shall rise Oh, what glory, hallelujah When we meet our blessed Savior in the skies When with all that heavenly host we begin to sing singing in the Holy Ghost, how the heavens will ring. Millions there will join the song, with them we shall be. Praising Christ through ages long, heaven's jubilee. Oh, watch.
2: Everybody give us some praise in the house? Thank you, Jesus. You might be seated if you so desire. Amen, amen, amen. Let me say tonight we are talking about the risk, the risk-taking church. I'm working down, Joey. Right? <laughs> amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6 through 10 is so where we'll be going here in a little bit. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6 through 10. Well, let me say first, there was a guy. He was 88 years old. He was Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell. Oliver Wendell Holmes. He found himself on a train. The conductor called for tickets, but Justice Holmes couldn't find his ticket, and it seemed terribly, and he seemed terribly upset. He searched his pockets and fumbled through his wallet without success. The conductor was sympathetic. He said, Mr. Holmes, don't worry. <clears throat> Everything's going to be all right. The Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania Railroad, I mean, will be happy to trust you. When you reach your destination, you'll probably find the tickets and you, will, you can just mail them to us. It will be okay. The conductor's kindness did not put Holmes at ease. He said, my dear man, my problem is not, where is my ticket? But my problem is rather, where am I going? You see, without the ticket, he didn't know where he was going. Unfortunately, we are too often just like that. We move forward through life unsure of how to respond to the changing situations in the world around us. The problem often is that we have no clear direction or picture of where we're going. We lack a defined destination, we lack vision. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six through 10, the Bible says, but without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Verse 8, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. In verse 9, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which have foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Somebody say, God bless the reading of his word. Sherlock Holmes. I know you've heard of Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes and Watson were camping out one night or camping one night. In the middle of the night, Sherlock Holmes awoke and looked up at the stars. He asked Watson, he said, Watson, what do you see? Woken from his sleep, Watson looked up and said, Stars. I see the stars, Sherlock. Yes, but what do these stars tell you? Watson said, Well, cosmolog- cosmologically, They tell me that we are part of a large universe, that we are one of billions and billions of planets. Theologically, they tell me that we have a great God who made all of it. Methodologically, they tell me that the sky is clear and we will have good weather tomorrow. Temporarily, they tell me that it is the middle of the night and we should be sleeping. And then he said, Sherlock, what do they tell you? Well, He replied, they tell me that someone has stolen our tent. (laughs) So, that's bad. So let me ask you tonight, what do you see? As you think back over the past year and look at your own life and the direction of this church, what do you see? Where are we as a church going in terms of vision? There are three different types of churches, three different types of people. And that's what I want to cover tonight. Number one, the undertaking church, uh, looking back. The undertaking church is one that is always looking backwards. All that people ever talk about are the good old days. They miss what is happening today because they're always looking back to yesterday. Decisions in this kind of church are based on what has worked in the past. If it was good enough for them, it is good enough for us. Psalm chapter 137, verses 1 through 3, the Bible says, By the rivers of Babylon there were sat down, or we were set down, yea, we wept, when we remembered Zion. We hang our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away kept it, required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And verse 4 says, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? You see, the children of Israel missed what God was doing. God was doing a new thing, but they did not understand it. They saw the captivity as an end and not a beginning. They did not see that through the captivity, God was setting the stage for Jesus even way back then. The Babylonians, <coughs> excuse me, the Babylonians would be defeated by the Persians who would allow the Jews to spread all across the Mediterranean. They would be defeated by the Greeks who would unify all the peoples through its language and customs. They would be defeated by the Romans who would build road and make transportation possible to every remote corner of the known world in that day. When Jesus was born, the stage was set as the message spread like wildfire And in one generation, it reached everywhere. Years ago, when Mao Zedong was the leader of China, there was great persecution of the Christians. Mao, if I'm saying his name right, wanted to eliminate Christianity. First, he arrested the Christians and then spread them all over the country thinking that that then uh, they could not meet together. So the church would surely die. they couldn't meet together. Second, he wanted to punish them, so he gave them the worst jobs possible, garbage collectors and grave diggers. On the surface, you would have thought this would work. However, in spreading out the Christians, he planted Christianity throughout the entire nation, (laughs) In making Christians garbage collectors, he gave them access to every home in the country. And in making them grave diggers, he placed them in situations where they could share their hope with people who were grieving. Sometimes the work the, that looks the worst uh, is sometimes it's always it could be the very best. It's just how you want to look at it. Poor eyes limit your sight. Poor vision limits your deeds. Franklin Fields said that. Now, while you can learn from the past, you can't live there. You have to live and adapt to where you are or you will perish. Too many churches today are spending their time and resources lamenting the past when they should be adapting to the future. What has worked in the past may not work in the present because the audience has changed. But listen to me. The gospel must be preached afresh and told in new ways to every generation since every generation has its own unique question. You see, the message, this is what I want you to understand, even though we do things different, we do things in new ways sometimes, uh, the message will never change uh, because God uh, will never change. Uh, We never change the the message, uh, but sometimes you may have to change the method. Uh, Is that okay? You see, tonight... Sometimes the way it is presented may change. The gospel must constantly be forwarded to a new address because the recipient is repeatedly changing his place of residence. Helmut uh, uh, Thrickle said that. While it is possible for a church to be always looking back, uh, amen, it is also true for a person. How do you look at your walk with Christ? Are you only remembering the glory days uh, of your ministry or do you feel the best years uh, of your life are yet to come? When they rebuild the temple after the captivity, many people were upset uh, because it was not as beautiful as it was before. Haggai chapter 2 verse 3 tells us that. Who is left of among you that saw this house in her first glory. And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? God reminded the people that He was with them and that His spirit was still there, regardless how it looked to you then. How it looked way back then was good. How it looks now. It may be it won't as beautiful if it was, but God is telling them, look, I'm still with you. I'm still there. I'm still here. Just keep worshiping God. Amen. It might not look the same, but God is still in the midst. Can I get it? Can I get an amen? You see, it's impossible to serve God yesterday. I can't serve God yesterday. How many know yesterday's gone? You can't live off yesterday's bread. It does not matter how good or how uh, it doesn't matter how God has used you in the past. How will he use you in the future is the question. How is God using you right now? A personal church that tries to walk looking backward is bound to fall positive or negative, amen? How many have ever tried to walk backwards? You ever tried it? I got an uncle, understand that years ago, he tried to learn how to ride a bicycle backwards. He must have had a hard time riding it forward because I kid you not what I understand, and he's left-handed. What I understand, he broke one arm 11 times and broke the one arm one time trying to learn how to ride the bicycle backwards. I think after that, first, that second or third time, I'd have quit. I just tried to get on the thing forward and rode it like it ought to have been. Is that All right. You can't, you can't go backwards, so you have to go forward. Then number two, the caretaking church, looking, looking present. The caretaking church is always concerned with pressing issues. It is so busy and there are so many needs that its, that it's focus are on immediate issues. Uh, it seems to always be in the maintenance mode, just trying to keep its head above the water. Decisions of this kind of church are based on immediate assets. The number one question is always, do we have the money now to support this idea? Do we have the money? How many know sometimes if you ain't got the money, you just have to trust God? Is that all right? Now, just trying to keep your head above water. So, Matthew chapter 15, verse 32 and 33. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. For three days they have nothing to eat, Jesus said. And I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in their way. Verse 33 The disciples said, And his disciples say unto him, Whence should we have so much bread in the wilderness? As to feel so great a multitude. Have faith in Jesus. A pig ate his field of acorns under the oak tree. Then started to root around the roots of that tree. There's a crow sitting up on a limb. He spoke down to the the pig. He said, you should not do this. If you lay bare the roots, the tree will wither and die. The pig responded, let it die. Who cares? As long as there are acres, let it go. A caretaking church is realistic and comfortable. As long as the services are good, the needs are being met, and the people are happy, then all is well. If it isn't broken, then don't fix it. The problem is that they walk by sight, not by faith. Likewise, it is easy to slip into the caretaking mode in our Christian walk. Certainly I have experienced this at work sometimes uh, when the work of the day is so great uh, that you cannot see tomorrow coming, then you are in trouble. We need to have a greater vision as individuals of God's plan uh, and God's purposes in our lives. You must have a big vision. How many know you serve a great big God? Then you are allowed to have a big vision. If your vision is something that you can take care of yourself, there's not much faith in God in that. But if your but if your vision is bigger than what you are, then somewhere you're gonna to have to trust God. Is that okay? Amen. So, uh, likewise, are you just slipping into the caretaking modes? I said. <clears throat> so, do our prayers reflect God's greater glory? Are our thoughts on today, or can we still see the big picture? Vision, Charles L's, Charles R. Swindoll said. Vision encompasses vast vistas outside the realm of the the predictable, the safe, and the expected. Theodore Roosevelt once said, no man is worth his salt who is not ready to at all times to risk his well-being, to risk his body, to risk his life in a great cause. Theodore Roosevelt said a man ain't worth his salt. Amen. Then number three. It's going to be quick tonight. Number 3, the risk-taking church, looking to the future. The risk-taking church, the risk-taking church is always looking forward. They believe that the best is yet to come. How many believe the best is yet to come right now? Amen. I believe that in the days that I'm living in right now, I have lived 66 years upon this earth. And I, was thinking, I was thinking last night, this morning, I was waking up, I was thinking, it might have been last night. I can't remember. My stepdad died in 1991. <clears throat> in April 12th, I believe it was in 1991. He died that particular day. We buried him three days later, which uh, was April the 15th on tax day. He missed taxes that year. Wow, he was blessed. But anyway, He died, he was 66 years old. And I'm laying in the bed thinking, I said, wow, that's not old at all. Well, that's how old I am. He liked about 17 days because his birthday was April 29th. I think about 17 days he would have been 67 years old. 66 years old, he passed on. And I'm thinking, Lord, that's not old at all. That's how old I am now, 66. And I'm thinking, I said, but you know what? As I look back behind me, as good as my life has been, as good as God has blessed me and all the things the Lord's done for me, <clears throat> and how the Lord's blessed my family and how the Lord's blessed me and my wife and how the Lord has just done some great things for us over the years, I still look at today, Brother Larry, and I believe that the best days of my life is yet to come out of all the things that God's already done for me already. But I believe the best days are yet to come. I believe God's got some greater things in store than I could even imagine or think tonight. Amen. I'm not looking at the worst yet. I'm looking at the best that's yet to come. Somebody shout praise the Lord right there. You see, they invest all they have today so they can do be all they can be or be all that God wants them to be tomorrow. That's what the risk-taking church does. The church, it invests everything it has today so it can be all that it can be uh, uh, for the Lord tomorrow. When I was in the military, that's one thing they taught me. That was, one, that was the motto or the motu. Everybody had a motto when I, when I came in. When I went into the military and the army said, be all that you can be. Be all that you can be. And when, I, when Jesus got a hold of me, then I started telling the Lord. I started using that same thing. Lord, I want to be all that I can be. I don't want to be just part way. I don't want to be just halfway. I want to be all I can be for you. I want want to just give it all to you. That's what I want to do. So be all you can be for the Lord. Amen. Risk taking churches seeks seeks, seeks to be cutting edge. They want to see how God is moving and to use all available technology and music to make Christ known. Amen. Now we got some technology, I've missed you a few times, we got some technology up there that God has blessed this church with it's tr- that's working tremendously, it's working great t- but joy is in, in, in the mode of upgrading so we're gonna discuss some of that later on uh, but we thank God for what we do have but there are greater things yet to come. Can I get an amen? One of the reasons that we don't take risks is, is fear of failure. However, failure is just a part of life and is often a precondition to success. If you aren't failing, then you aren't trying. As one book says, failure is the book's back door to success. If we want to, if we if we want to as a church move forward with vision, then we must accept the fact that there will be times in the future that we may fail along the way, amen? Sometimes uh, you, 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 it, it all just don't work out perfect sometimes uh, like we think it should. Sometimes you do fail, amen? So, Jonas Salk attempted 200 times, Jonas S-A-L-K, Salk, attempted 200 unsuccessful vaccines for polio before he came up with one that worked. 200 unsuccessful times before he came up with one that worked. How did it feel to fail 200 times trying to invent a vaccine for polio? This was his response. He was asked, how does it feel to fail 200 times before you finally came up with the right one? This is what he said. I never failed 200 times at anything in my life. i would never failed 200 times at anything in my life. My family taught me never to use that word. I simply discovered 200 ways how not to make a vaccine for polio. See the difference? The way you look at some things. A blind man's world is bound by the limits of his touch, an ignorant man's world by the limits of his knowledge. A great man's world by the limits of his vision. I mean, he's got great vision for the Lord tonight. Amen. The Bible spoke about Noah by faith, Noah went and built an ark. Think about this. He invested everything he had in something that seemed completely impossible. Can you imagine building a boat in your, in your backyard in a day when there were no cranes uh, that could move it for you? We went to, to the when I, my first year here. We came in May and I think it was in August that we went to the ark out in, out in Kentucky. We all took a trip, went on a bus and we all went to see the ark. And as you got there, as you went into that ark, that great big thing, and it's supposed to have been built to scale. I noticed they had a video going there that you could see and they had it in in rapid speed uh, so you could see them how they were building that ark. And what they had when they built that ark in Kentucky was a lot different than what the ark that Noah himself built in his day. When they showed that thing speeding along there, it showed cranes, it showed all kinds of tools, it showed all kinds of work, all kinds, all kinds of things they had to build that ark. And I'm sitting there thinking, my God, it took them, I forgot how long it took them to build this thing, but it took them a right good little while to build it. But yet they had all this all this up-to-date stuff to use, to crane, uh, the tools, the saws, the everything they needed to build this thing, uh, everything to join everything together, the glue they needed, all these things they had, uh, that Noah did not have. Uh, what I understand with Noah, I get ahead of myself. Uh, Noah spent about a 100 years building this thing, uh, this ark in his backyard, so to speak, uh, and people came along and made fun of him. They joked at him. Uh, they just poked fun at him, with what he's doing. Noah, what are you doing? Uh, I'm building a boat. Uh, it's getting ready to rain. They said, what are you talking about rain? We don't even know what you're talking about in the rain. We ain't never seen no rain. But you know what? By faith, Noah went and built an ark. Now, can you imagine, as I said, building a thing your back there, though he could not see, though he could not see or understand it, he based his life on God's word and was willing to wait some hundred years for the promise to be fulfilled. Amen? He based everything he had on God's word. Noah, the Bible says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God said, Noah, this is what I want you to do. I want you to build this ark and this is how I want it. God give him all the dimensions, give him how he wanted it built, give him everything he wanted made out of, what was in it and what was out of it, how, how the window was gonna be, everything. God told him everything about it and how he wanted it. Amen. And Noah put everything he had, he put his whole entire life on God's word because God said, this is what I want. You see, Noah's vision was based on what he had been told by God. Is our vision, is your vision, not based on what you've been told by God. Amen? How many know God's not gonna let you down? And then it spoke about, by faith Abraham left his home and went to the promised land. Though he was living in a tent, he saw the future city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. <clears throat> he believed God and based his life on that vision. Mm. What destroys perspective is our tendency to measure ministry on too small a scale. You know, as, as, as I ride sometime, I'm looking and I see these different churches. They have built these buildings and, uh, and I don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I don't, I don't mean to be arrogant. I don't mean to be anything like that. But when I see these buildings that are being built, I, I went by one, might have been the day I took notice of it. And it's, it's a little church building there. There's a little parking lot on the side. Like the parking lot looked like it would hold probably 10 or 12, 15 cars and a little building there. And I'm thinking to myself, what are they seeing? What, what is their vision? What are they seeing? Because it's so small and the parking lot is so small It's not going to take long to fill it up. Once you get it filled up, then what do you do? You have to build something else. You have to move on to something else. Or or, are they at the point that that's what they want? That's all they want. That's all they care about. And that's all they need. Just right there. How many know it's a whole lot more than just us four no more? Those days are over. We're living in the day and the time right now that the church has got to stand up, the church has got to start shouting out what the, what the goodness and the greatness of God is uh, and how God loves us and how God is, 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 is expecting us uh, to reach out to the lost and the dying and bring them into the kingdom of God because it was said this morning, Jesus Christ is soon coming and we got to see the big picture of everything that's going on because we don't have long to do what we need to do for the glory of God. Amen? That's what we need. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> I just take notice of some churches like that. Amen. And then I'm come here. Somebody years ago. Joy, how old are you? Joy is forty-two. So it "Let's me know." I understand he was a baby when y'all brought him in here, so this is forty-two years old. So forty-two years ago, forty-two years ago, somebody had a vision, not on a small scale, but on a large scale. Can I tell you that this 42 years ago, and I was just a young boy, I hadn't even got started in, yes, I had I just got started in the ministry. I've been in ministry 42 years. So I was just getting started in the ministry. And when you first get started in the ministry, folks, I don't know if some of you that have been called to preach, some of you that are preaching. When you first get, 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 get called to God, you're so excited, you're just, just all over yourself, uh, and you're going to go out and you're going to conquer the world. That's what you're going to do. You're going to win the world for Jesus Christ. Ain't nothing going to stop you. Ain't nothing going to get in the way because you see all the things that God can and will do. That's where I was at. I was going to conquer the world. Well, I got humbled right quick after about seven, eight, ten 10 years. I was humbled down a little bit. But, you know, but 42 years ago, this was a huge vision. Be honest with you honest me. Some of you stuck it through. Some of you saw it all the way through. Some of them said, No, nope, it won't never happen. You'll never get it paid for. You'll lose everything you got. And they split and went other directions to understand. I don't know. I don't know the whole history about this stuff. And I don't, I don't, You know, right, I'm here today. What happened, what happened yesterday, what happened yesterday, what happened years ago, I ain't got nothing to do with that. God's put me here for now. So I don't really be concerned about what, but I, but I do try to see things as they are that some people can see <clears throat> a whole lot further than what they are. In other words, some people have enough faith in God to see that, yeah, when God's in the midst of it, ain't nothing impossible with God. Can I get an amen? God was in the midst of this because what I understand from hearing different ones talking, different testimonies about it, how that it all took place. I forgot how many years it was. How many years, brother Mike? Five years, six years, how many years? Got this thing paid for? Anyway, five, six, seven years, how long it was? In other words, it blowed everybody's mind. It even blowed the town's mind, what that understand. Because people didn't have the vision to see. They didn't they, they couldn't stretch out and really have faith and trust God to believe what God's gonna do, what God can do. Amen. So I look at this and I see, well, 42 years ago, this was a great vision. Somebody had the wide-angle views of, of everything that was going on, and they weren't afraid to step out with God. Can I tell you something? In the year 2021, you and I, we can't be afraid to step out and trust God and believe God and know that God will come through what God says he would do. Amen. Can I get in? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. We you we lose. The wide angle view because we are fascinated uh, on the close up. Using a microscopic lens, uh, even a, a harmless spider uh, looks like a hairy, horrible monster when you look at him under a microscopic uh, uh, lens. Uh, he looks like a hairy monster. And most of us uh, would never even clean cobwebs from the house uh, if we focus on the up close view of what a spider looks like uh, under a microscope. My friend, uh, we can't narrow it down like that. Uh, we got to keep the wide angle view to know that that God is who he says he is and he's gonna come through in these last days because God don't want nobody in this world lost. And he wants the church to reach out to them and reach them for the glory of God, amen? You see, Jesus was a risk taker. I believe he was a risk taker. He entrusted the salvation of the world to loving, weak, and frightened men through God's power And vision, they changed the world. The disciples changed the world. When Jesus looked at them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost, things begin to happen right there in their lives. When Jesus was ascended up into glory, what did he tell? He told the disciples to go to Jerusalem. I want you to tear there, and I'll wait I want you to wait there until you have been endued with power. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, the Bible says uh, in that upper room where they were, some 120 people, when they were up there in that upper room, the Bible declares uh, that there was a wind as of tongues, as of fire. There was great winds that came through uh, and all of them were filled with the Holy Ghost and filled with power. I'm going to tell you something. When they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, I believe with all my heart that the disciples uh, that were walking with Jesus Christ uh, before the Holy Ghost had fear. uh, After the Holy Ghost, uh, they were willing to die anyway. They had to go to do anything they had to do to make sure they done what God had called them to do even though they had to die some of them died a horrible death but they never let it hinder them from doing what God wanted them to do I'm telling you right now my friend this day and hour we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire to life because that's going to give us the strength going to give us the power going to give us what we need to walk with God and do everything God would have us do in these latter days we're living in the latter days ain't going to be no junk It's gonna be some serious stuff. So through God's power and vision, they changed the world. Instead of looking at past or trusting in the present, they saw God's future church and boldly went forward to make it happen. Where is our vision today? How big is our faith? In which direction are we looking? Are we willing to lay everything on the line for God? I mean, no, God, I never do you wrong. I've had, some, I've had some pretty good friends over the years. They tell me one thing and do something else. Amen. You can't put a whole lot of faith and trust sometimes in friends, but I'm going to tell you something. You can put your faith and trust in God. He's going to do exactly what he said he would do. Hmm? Are you motivated by what has happened in your life, by what you personally have, or are you open for God to use you in ways that you have never been used before? Is your vision for your life and family limited to to immediate needs? God is shaking the kingdoms of the earth and the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing. Don't miss what God is doing. Join him, my friend, and you'll never go wrong. A vision without a task is a dream. A task without a vision is drudgery. A vision and a task is the hope of the world. 88-year-old Frank, Had looked forward for weeks, 88, no, no, eight-year-old Frank. Eight-year-old Frank had looked forward for weeks to this particular Saturday because his father had promised to take him fishing, eight years old. If the weather was suitable, they're going fishing. There hadn't been any rain for weeks. And as Saturday approached, Frank was confident of the fishing trip. But wouldn't you know it, when Saturday morning dawned, it was raining heavily and it appeared that it would continue all day long. Can you imagine a disappointed little eight-year-old boy looking forward to going fishing? It rained in weeks, but now all of a sudden, it's raining today. Frank wondered. He wandered around the house, peering out the windows and grumbling more than a little. Seems like the Lord would know that it would have been better to have the rain yesterday than today. He complained to his father, who was sitting by the fireplace enjoying a good book. His father tried to explain to Frank how badly the rain was needed, how it would make the flowers grow and bring much needed moisture to the farmer's crops. But Frank was adamant it just isn't right. He told his dad that over and over and over. It just ain't right, dad. It just ain't right. Then about three o'clock, the rain stopped. Still time for some fishing. And quickly, the gear was loaded, and they were off to the lake. Whether it was the rain or some other reason, the fish were biting hungrily, and father and son returned with a full string of fish or find big fish. That's Brother Larry's favorite story. I want to tell you that he loves fish. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brother Larry worked in fish for years. He don't want to have nothing to do with fish today. But anyway, they had a long string of nice, big, healthy fish. At supper, when some of the fish were ready, Frank's mom asked him to say grace. Frank did, and he concluded his prayer by saying this. He said, "And Lord." If I sounded grumply to earlier today, it was because I couldn't see far enough ahead. So no doubt, much of our complaining is because we can't see far enough ahead. Amen? As you look into the coming year, what do you see, Brother David? As you look into the coming year, what do you see? I see blessings, upon blessings, upon blessings. That's what I see. The devil would want us, Satan would want us to walk around in fear. That's what he would want us to do. But you see, I'm one of those preachers that don't look back to yesterday. I'm not just focused on today. I try to bring it all together together. And I try to see the whole picture as God will see the picture, you amen? Because you see, we only know part of, the, part of it. We only see a portion of a lot of things in our life, but God sees the whole picture. So if we can realize what God is, who God is, and what God's capable of doing, and what God will do for his people, if we can realize that, we can just put our faith and trust in God. The, whole, the Word of God says you trust God, you have faith in God, God will come through every time. How many know this is truth? This will never, this will, this will never fail right here. You put your faith and your trust in God's word and you watch God do what God does the best as he blesses his people throughout the world. So look, let's don't, let's don't, let's don't start complaining. Let's start praising and glorifying God. How many know there's a reason for all things? I've heard that all my life. There's a reason for all things. Things, things just don't happen. There's a reason for all things. Sometimes we don't understand it. Sometimes we 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 are bumfuzzled about it. Sometimes we just don't don't can't figure it out. But you know what? When we put it all in the hands of God, He knows it all. He can figure it out for us, and He can show us exactly what needs to be done. Amen. Let us stand tonight, if you would. I want you to know something tonight. I you know. You take risk, but at the same time you take risk. You're, you're cautious at what you do. I understand that. And I, as a pastor, has been very over the years, been very cautious at what I do. I don't jump out and do things crazy and all this kind of mess. I, I, I pray about it and try to seek the Lord about it and, and, and know what to do and, and not to. You see, there's one thing. I, there's one thing I've always told people throughout the years. I'll never put a church in debt. I won't put a church in debt. Well, pastor, if you're going to build what you talking about building, there's going to be some debt to be done. There may be. It may be, but if whatever happens, whatever takes place, I hope God gives me the strength to see it through. You see, I have been to churches where I've inherited a lot of stuff that other pastors done and they left it. And then we had to take care of it, pay for the mess that they did and all these kinds of things. I put a church in debt and walk off leaving, go to another church, put them in debt, walk off leave, put another church in debt. You know, you walk behind things like that. And I don't, want, I don't want nobody coming behind me with that, with that kind of situation. Well, Pastor, how is it going to happen? I ain't got a clue yet. I don't know. But I'll let you know this. When God's ready for it, everything's going to fall in place. How many know God was ready for us to have a bus? How many know it fell in place for the bus? When it fell in place for the bus like it did and everything worked out like it did, I'm not worried about what's gonna happen in the future of this church and what we do and where we go and what we do because God is gonna be in the midst of that in the very same way. And it's not gonna be, a, its not. in other words, what I'm trying to say is a, it won't be, it won't be a, a hard issue. It won't be a, a hard labor, so to speak. It's gonna be with the plan of God and everything's gonna fall in order and God's gonna work it out and it's gonna be easy and it won't be hard. Can I get an amen? That's the way I try to operate with the Lord. Y'all might be quiet right now, but it's okay. We're going to have a financial meeting come Tuesday night and we're going to discuss all the things that's going on, some different things that's happening, some things that's popping up, some things that's going on. But anyway, God's going, to, God's going to help us. God's going to see us and God's going to bless us. Can I go ahead and tell you now, I believe, I, I believe right now that God's already in the process of working miracles for this church. And I'm not going into the areas of that right now. We'll discuss more of that Tuesday night. But God's already in the process of, of working miracles for this church, of things that this, that this church and all our property needs. And God's, God's in the midst of it right now. He's working things out. And he's going to bless the church abundantly. Can I get an amen? amen. We'll discuss more about that Tuesday night. So let's not forget our, our business meeting Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. We have two deacon seats uh, that's uh, coming available, two nominations. You can nominate two and two only. Uh, so that's what you can do. And then we'll have the vote on, on the Tuesday night for the, for the two deacon seats and we'll go from there and God's going to bless us, okay? Any other announcements before we, before we do what we're going to do? Anything at all? Brother left anything? Else? Good? Everything's good. Tuesday morning, we're having a 10 o'clock prayer meeting. And uh, so that'll be going off Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock. Then Tuesday night will be our, our business meeting, okay? So... Just pray, seek God. Don't be afraid. Stretch out, stretch out. Trust God. God's gonna work it out, brother. David. Thy loving kindness
1: is better than life. I bless thee, I will lift up my hands to thy name, thy loving kindness is better than life. thy name, I will lift up my hands to thy name. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee. will I bless thee. I will lift up my hand to thy name.
0: You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Owners Church, a church you can call home with people you can call family. The Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church is located on 112 East Blant Street. We welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app, through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal in church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch your services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church. Even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account, go to facebook.com forward slash pinelevelphc. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the youtube subscribers search youtube for Pine level ph church subscribe to our channel get notifications when we go live and you watch our services live or on demand don't forget if you can't watch us maybe you want to listen search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link, and you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. The radio station is playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime and listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pilate, Pentecostal and his church.